0: Dum, da 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 feel real good, alright? Most dope. Everybody please put a thumb in the air. But my money don't really feel like I do And from the ground I built my own damn bus People was amazed I was still in high school But now I'm out And money what I'm about Trying to get so much that I can't keep count New kicks, give me cushion like whoopee Keep a smile like an eating pork cookie Everything good
1: Hey everybody,
2: how you doing? Well that's good Welcome to the Broad Street Hockey Radio 300th episode live celebration My name is Bill Mats I'm your director of fun and games for the evening Earlier today uh, along with Stephalicious D, Steph Driver, Kelly Hinkle, and Charlie O'Connor of that athletic.com place, uh recorded the 300th episode of BSH Radio with us as a team. Our very first show was BSH number 79. We did number 379 today, and it was, I mean, we went like 90 minutes. It was a lot of fun, and uh, it's just something I thought we should then. Uh, talk to the people because we, we all made a point to say we couldn't have done this uh without the listeners. You know, there's there's nothing worse than doing a podcast no one's listening to. I've done plenty of them, uh, but people have been all in on this from basically day one. And it, it, it's grown so much to the fact that you know we were able to bring another show into the fold and fly purbole. We expanded the feed to have that as well as the post-games, pre-games. Uh, all sorts of stuff along the way, you know, old stuff like uh, sounds from the locker room. We had a Patreon at one point. People paid money to listen to us and then paid more money to get invited to parties we were at. Like Sickos. it was uh, it, it was <laughs> it, it, it's, it's been an incredible ride. And this is not like I, I wanted to say this is not like a, a eulogy or anything. The show isn't going anywhere. Um I refuse. I refuse to leave until they do something. If the Flyers win the cup, maybe we'll end it and just go. That's it. But uh, uh, they can't. They can't get rid of us yet. Uh, not at this point. Even though, like, you know we do the show today, and we're talking about Anne LePereire, just like we were six years ago. Uh, but without further ado, let's get it going here. Uh, let me introduce my broadcast partner in crime. Uh, for over almost ten years now, Stephalicious D Steph Driver. Jesus, Bill.
3: You know, if we did retire from this podcast, they would win the cup the next season.
2: It's I'm I'm hanging on out of spite. Like that's probably true, it, but uh, that's yeah. why I'm gonna keep going.
3: We have to. There's there's no choice. We've committed and we're here to the end, whether it's the end of the flyers or the end of us as humans. Who can say?
2: Cockroaches and BSH radio. That is all that will be left.
3: That's that's it. I call I call the BSH radio plan the cockroach plan, so you fucking nailed it.
2: And of course, the fly by herself, the heart and soul of Broad Street hockey, Kelly Hinkle.
4: So okay, this isn't a funeral, right? But not a funeral. Have you no, have you or anyone else seen the episode of Curb where Albert Brooks has like a funeral like he's still alive does his his funeral while he's alive so you can hear what everyone says yeah Yeah. so everyone if you you know tell us the nice things you would say about us if we were dead as (laughs) if we were dead please
3: please compliment us
4: (laughs) 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 I want people to talk so
2: much shit when I die because like that's like I'd rather be infamous like everyone's like you know that Bill Matz he was a piece of shit (laughs) that would be hilarious i would want to do the funeral thing but not have anyone know uh that Mm -hmm. i was actually still alive yeah
4: that's that's so that
2: they would actually say what they thought
4: that's the only way you can really do it everybody knew albert brooks was watching them so it wasn't (laughs) it wasn't as good but
2: but but then it turned out he was a covid hoarder so everyone hated him anyway
4: exactly
3: i have no idea what you people are talking about (laughs) but
4: not a clue (laughs) It wasn't on
2: Animal Planet or Disney, so Steph didn't see it.
3: I didn't see it. Um, But I think it's really important for me to let you all know that at my funeral, there will be many paid actors saying that Steph was the best person I ever knew. There will be paid actors. If you would like to apply for this position, you've got it.
2: There was once this comedian who did this hilarious bit about uh, what he'd want to do for his funeral. And he's like, I'd want to put aside like, I don't know, like 20 grand. And just invite, like, John Stamos. And he doesn't have to talk to anybody. He doesn't have to do anything. He just has to show up, cry, and leave. And then everyone around will be like, did he know John Stamos? That's amazing.
3: (laughs) That's really cool.
2: Also, he had an idea that I want to enact. uh, Like, in the middle of, you know, someone giving his eulogy or whatever, suddenly he is, like, shot down uh, from the rafters and, like, swings over all the guests. Like just his body and it freaks everyone out and they, they leave running. And I've always thought that was a hilarious idea too.
3: So it is, but science would not allow it to happen. Oh why not?
4: Driver, don't wet. Well, I mean we, it, it would facts. depend how
3: it would depend on how the body was suspended. If it's suspended in the coffin, that's fine.
2: No, like what if it was just like on wires?
3: What? Yeah, no, your skin is gonna fall off because it's decomposing.
4: No, like you just got to like rig it up. Like a day or two after? No, you just got to rig it up properly.
3: Man, your skin's falling off. <sighs> These
2: people know what they're doing. I got to believe Both they can make it work. My skin's
4: falling off. There's professionals that can make right. this happen. Don't listen to <laughs> So, How
3: I guess did I just. How we get here? Oh, my this God. Is- Oh this is like the
2: this is the shit that I always like today after the show like the stuff that we say off the air is always the most fun. We have a ton of fun you know with the show and what we record and what we put out but the stuff that we just bullshit about before and after the show is always the funniest stuff. Uh, that we put out, like just today. You know, Charlie can't be with us tonight because uh, he took the road trip up to Boston. He went to the BC game to see Cutter Gautier last night. Tomorrow he'll be seeing, you know, Flyers Bruins. And uh, so tonight, you know, he's up in Boston and he wants to be able to go out and have a good time. So uh, we tell him, you know, go out, have uh, have many old fashions because Charlie, Charlie enjoys a good bourbon drink. And I replied, yeah. both the bourbon drink and hand jobs. And it just killed the group. I almost died. I was
4: yeah. dying
2: well, that's, i I had never heard i I tweeted like I don't know a few months ago, like you ever wake up in the morning and just like crave an old fashion, which you know probably says something about my lifestyle. and people were like, "Are you talking about hand jobs or the drink?" And I'd never heard that phrase. And like a day later, one of my not online friends referred to a hand job as an old fashioned. and I was like, oh, this must just be a common thing. So it's a joke I'm going to make forever. Now.
4: It was the first I heard I've of also- it today. And I'm, I'm never going to stop using it. So yeah, I've <laughs> never heard it
3: before. But, but if we're calling handies old fashions now, I'm fine. I'm good with that. Yeah, so that's like that's gonna so is... have many old fashions tonight, in which variety who can say
2: Who is to say? That's Whenever I say anything ridiculous, I end it like to like if I'm just talking to Ava and I'm like, they never did they ever actually land on the moon? Who's to say? <laughs> and she she just gets so mad. She, like, you can't just say who's to say at the end. And it's like it's like saying no offense. I hate you. <laughs> like You can't just add that. Sure and It's can. everything you just said is OK.
4: Sure you can. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Why not? So I'm.
2: I'm happy we're going to be able to start taking some calls and anyone can – we're going to do like – this is an Ask Me Anything. If you want to talk about the goddamn Flyers, fine. I didn't do a post game last night, uh, so this is your chance to do it if you want to do that. But just a celebration. If you have favorite BSH moments, if there's something you want to talk about, uh, or at least favorite BSH moments. I said on the show today how I hated our one intro song so much. The Flyers are a team. They play a sport called hockey. I fucking hated it. So if you want to talk about something you hated or loved, uh, do that. Ask me anything. The Flyers. Whatever it is, we'll open it up. But before we get to uh, the calls, which we will shortly, Steph and Kelly, do you have, like, a moment, just one, that just sticks out from uh, from the last 300 episodes and six years of us together as
3: a team?
4: Our – you want to go first? No, I absolutely do not. Okay. Okay. Um, our first draft party for me was, I think the first moment where I was like, oh, shit, people listen to this because that was really our first party. And just like every subsequent party, I went into it thinking no one was going to come. Um, and we had a a packed house at that stupid bar that everyone hated and Smith was it Smith Smith's. Yeah. Keith Jones came and hung out with us and was on the show for That's, a bit. Like it was the, the excitement before we knew that Nolan Patrick was going to ruin all of our lives. Like it was just such a fun night. Like everyone came, all of our, our broad street hockey people were there. It was just awesome. It was so fun. We had to sneak
2: Joey pierogies in because he was afraid they were going to card him and he wasn't 21 yet. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) That was the volume in that place of the Nolan Patrick chance as the Flyers, you know, they're they're on the clock at number two, just absolutely freaking deafening. And we all know how it worked out. So, you know, but the moment in like in the moment, it was just so special. Keith Jones joined us at this time. We were uh, working alongside Sports Radio 94 WIP, they helped us promote this thing. And uh, John Marks, one of their hosts, was also Mm -hmm. live at that event. And the fact that he's like a well-known sportscaster in this town for a long time, and he still has a great show on WIP, but he's there, and everyone is there to see four fucking podcasters, and like no one's over at the WIP table, and they're all with us. uh, Was uh, It was just such a cool thing
3: that really was just friggin' incredible wasn't it i think so all of the events that we've done have been phenomenal and i'm still shocked that people like want to hang out with us um but in terms of like the the moments that stick out to me while recording the podcast it's the the number one is the Tyrell Goldborn incident. the the event with Tyrell Goldborn that Bill Bill was going on the whole the whole tirade about how we need to bring him up, and then it happened like immediately afterwards. And that's back I, when.
2: That's back when the show would be live on like Facebook or something. So it wasn't like we recorded it and they just happened. Like, obviously, I don't think they listened to me. If they did, they'd do a lot of other shit too (laughs) that I never, that never happened. (laughs) Uh, But like, the fact that it was live, I said it and then it wasn't 20 minutes. We were still in the building when
3: they. Yeah, we were still there. Like, we hadn't left. It was, it was. That I will never forget that. Um and then there are other like fun memories like um the the first outing for Bear when I adopted him was to record a podcast and he was just traipsing across the, the keyboards and he, the tables at the Wildfire studio. He was
2: across Charlie's laptop keyboard.
3: <laughs> yeah, just like and he was his, so
2: little like he didn't fuck it up. He was just a little guy.
3: Yeah, I had just adopted him. He was only eight weeks old, and he was just this little toddling paw beast. Uh, that was really fun. All of the all of the the things that we did when we were on site at Wildfire were really cool. Like when we had um, um, Bernie Perrant's daughter come in and and do the whole presentation on on the apparel that they're designing. Um, that was really awesome. Um, we've had to, we've just had a lot of fun doing this show over the years. I think that's, that's the lasting yeah. impact on me. We've just had so much fun.
2: Yeah, I agree. Like we brought up the parties and the amount of fun we've had the first, uh, the first Festivus party always, I think it was the first one cause they played Columbus and lost in a shootout, but like Hackstall did all the stuff. That we were like begging him to do, oh, like Travis connecting yeah. on the first line, and he put Ghost and uh, Provorov together. And it was, they lost in a shootout, but then it was the turning point of the season. And so every reference of like, okay, since, you know, then, and it was since that game, and it was our festivist party. I just always remember that as being like, we were all together. He did the things we wanted. And we were always able to refer to that game as the one where things turned around.
3: Yeah, yeah, I I absolutely remember that, and I see I see Keith asking if we're going to have Festivus this year. Um, probably is the answer. We didn't last year because of the huge COVID spikes that happened um, right around the holidays, and it just I didn't feel it was safe for all of us. I didn't feel safe getting on a plane. I just didn't think it was good for anyone. Um, but the answer for this year. Probably. I don't know what it'll look like, but um, I know that the venue at the Comcast Xfinity Casino, they've loved us. Um, And I, from what I hear, it was a great time, so that's my guess. It'll probably be there.
4: So... they play the Penguins on the 23rd, and it's a Friday night. We are having a party.
3: We need to do oh, that. Oh, yeah. yeah. I missed the
4: context.
3: We're doing the party, yeah. Yeah, and I'm coming I, I'm coming up. I will be there. We're doing it. Yep. We're
4: on the 23rd, on a Friday night, playing the Penguins. It's an away yeah. game, so there's, like, no co- – like, it. it's, like, perfect. Start yeah. the lining for the Festivus party this year.
2: Yeah, we – You're uh... totally right. Yep. We're gonna have to do that. That all works out. Uh Charlie can't go on that road trip, so he can't weasel his way out of it. Uh
3: we he, he'll he'll still up. have to cover the game, which well, you know how hard fine. would it be to
2: cover this team at this point? Like, come on. <laughs> like, come on. It's the same story well, every night. They're not very good at the end.
3: Bully him into it, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah.
2: He's not here. He has to participate in something. New York Times <laughs> you son of a bitch. Show up, Chuck! Yeah, gee, like, just... What do you do other than give us our legitimacy?
4: (laughs) For the record, we did tell Charlie that we were going to roast him incessantly on this live show because he wasn't going to come and join us. Oh, Oh, yeah, he knows. Yeah,
2: yeah, I said it was a must. (laughs) and It it fits with, like, the theme of the show quite often, is Charlie, the uh, respected journalist and great beat reporter that he is, and the three of us wildly, unprofessionally uh, bashing him.
5: Yeah, yeah
4: it's, it's part of the charm, I think.
2: I think so, too.
3: We're friends. Uh, that's, that's what makes the show the show.
2: <laughs> so let's uh, let's see if we can get some people to, uh, to join in on this chat. A uh, longtime caller of this show. Let's go to Harris Barnes. Harris
4: Barnes! Going to,
2: what's
3: going on? Today? Harris!
6: How are you guys doing? Oh, wonderful. How are you, Harris? Uh, I'm doing all right. Um, So I'm like, I didn't get into hockey until like midway or early in my like university days. So like 2018 and I stumbled upon um, one of Bill's rants in the 2018, 19 season on your website after like a penguins loss. So that's how I got into you guys. And I've gotten to listening to the podcast and just love what you guys bring to the table and all of your various interesting personality, like Bill's passion, enthusiasm, his rants, his humor, um, the stats and um, intellect and all around um, kind of like hockey nerdiness that Charlie brings. And then I love that um Steph and Kelly brings something different that you don't see from a lot of like sports podcasts. And I like the female perspective and the passion that you guys have in different ways. So, uh, that's, like, the first thing I wanted to say, is I just love listening to you guys and what you guys...
3: Thanks, Harris. Game. I had no idea that you were a newer hockey fan. That's awesome.
6: Yeah, I grew up in a small town where hockey isn't popular, and I grew up in, like, in a family where, um, like, football, basketball, and baseball are more popular, and I didn't grow up skating, so... Harris, it's um, quite... I got into it it's through quite, YouTube videos. It's
4: quite possible that you have absorbed... More hockey knowledge in five years than literally any human being has done before. It's truly amazing.
6: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. Um like some interesting things or things that like um episodes or just moments that um I've really enjoyed from you guys. I remember like, during the pandemic when they're playing bubble. Uh, I'm like delivering pizzas and I'm just listening to Bill's like post-game rants after like the Myers OT winner and Bill just being fired the hell up and Bill being also in despair in that Islander series and just the the, the twists and turns um, through the bubble and like them playing well in the round robin and them uh, forgetting how to play against Montreal or playing to a different style and then everyone being um, like alarmed by that. Uh, that was a fun time, just like in a very tough time of the world, uh, when there's hockey going on and bills just fired That's, up and those, those,
2: uh, those bubble playoff post games were some of my, some of my favorite because we thought that they could win because they had played so well before the stoppage, they win that round Robin and it was, it, they were the hot team. We, we thought Carter Hart was a franchise goalie. They win that first round, even though they don't look great, but I thought they were intentionally playing a certain way because Montreal just had them beat on speed. So they were going to try to negate that and play as slow as humanly possible. And then obviously as the series goes on, and then when they get into the Islanders series, you know, they win three games in overtime and take it to seven, but you just start going, ah, oh, shit, no, they're just not very good. And it, it was such a fun roller coaster ride. I loved doing those shows.
6: Um, some interesting things that uh, I found when going back through old episodes: in episode one hundred fourteen at the twenty three thirty mark, Charlie actually predicted uh, gas despair to the Coyotes. Oh, not the, the fashion that not the fashion that had happened, where it was a salary dump for nothing, and you had to give up picks. But he actually predicted. Go back and listen to it. Charlie said the ghost is going to the Coyotes because probably oh wow, some meme. Um, something that um, Kelly was exactly right on. That's interesting. Is going back to the 2018 draft. I listened to this episode not that long ago. Um, Kelly was exactly right in the fact that the O'Brien pick was terrible. Like Kelly said, it was a terrible hey, pick that reached a high school player. <laughs> um, uh, and Steph ended up being completely right on Frost. Um, Steph said after the 2017 draft episode that Frost was a complete reach. And I mean, he was, and he looked good for a bit. I still think that injury in 1920 um, that happened to him, or it might have been, or is it 20? No, it's 21
3: Yeah, yesterday. yeah, he got exactly. hurt multiple times.
6: That that did hurt him, but yeah, um, two years ago, yeah, yeah, two years ago. Those first two um, games of
2: Morgan Frost, though, he was electric.
6: Oh yeah, and I still think in the right situation, it's not on the Flyers, but I still think in the right situation where you play him with like up in the, the lineup and with better line mates and let him play his game, he can be like fairly effective. It's just not happening in Philadelphia.
2: Yeah, and that's. I, so. I mean, what situation for what player is Philadelphia the right situation at this point?
3: <laughs> like, I actually have I a lot, actually lot of be things. Because of coach, I have a lot of things to say about that that we will not dig into right now. That'll be next week's podcast episode. So just make a mental note, Bill. I want to talk about that next week. About what? You
2: got it. I'll I'll definitely remember that stuff.
3: <laughs> <laughs> something about how Philadelphia is not. I don't. Oh, God, I already lost it. Never mind. For- not a destination uh, for free
2: agents. I feel like we No, we've, that we've done
3: that. <laughs> we've done that for the past <laughs> 10 years. We know
4: that. That's one we know. I think we've also addressed that the organization um, beats talent, out, of, particularly offensive talent, out of its draft picks. And that's why all of them are busts. It's a there's a good chance.
6: How how good do you guys think Brink, when he's healthy, will be? Because you go back, and obviously his junior year at um, Denver was amazing, and then his junior A stats with Sioux City were awesome, considering he played high school the year before. What is his offensive ceiling? Is it Can he be like a Brock Besser, but not as good of a shot, but a better distributor, like 60-point guy?
2: Yeah, I think uh... – you know it's funny you just asked about you just talked about Morgan Frost. I think he can be what we th- hoped Frost would be, a good second line playmaker. Like like a good distributor who can uh, maybe contribute for you on a power play and give you, you know, second maybe third line minutes but uh, is able to slow the game down uh and control it by Distributing the puck, setting up his teammates—be <clears> that <throat> sort of guy. The lower, not a top-line player, but a good playmaker in the middle of the lineup.
4: Yeah, it feels right to me. I'm actually really glad that it's that he's going to be coming up under Tortorella. Best case scenario, I think that we could have hoped for.
3: Yeah, I I agree, and I I I'm expecting
2: unless he tries to do the Michigan and then they just yeah, outright release him.
3: I'm expecting good but not great things from Brink. Like he is, you know, small and that's okay. But it it does make an impact in the league. Um I, I think he's gonna be a really solid player. I could see him being a really solid second line player
6: for the Flyers. Yeah, it's probably um somewhere in the right. Um <laughs> Range, I guess. Like, I, I think he, his his offensive ceiling is actually fairly high, but with his his skating is still a bit wonky, um, to me. <clears throat> like, it, it's almost like his um, and uh, I think Charlie was right on this from the draft. Is his uh, first couple of strides um, are fine, and then it's a bit weird, or it's almost like he tries to skate ten and two, but it, it's very. Um, unconventional it's weird but my question or my next question for you guys was going to be um what's something that most uh what's one thing that most people don't know about you
3: oh wow oh.
6: like as a group
3: or individuals I think we can uh, all... individuals individuals yeah oh man
4: god i overshare so much on the internet i can't think of something that you wouldn't know about me if you follow me on twitter because i like, never stopped I
6: think most people know that steph's a north jersey girl but... i
4: am so so let me let me
3: uh something that people don't know about me i don't think people know how much i hate oranges the fruit oranges <laughs> i don't think i knew that and what the fuck i absolutely fucking hate oranges and not just the like the way that they taste, but also the way that they smell. I don't know what it is about an orange. I like most other citrus fruits, but oranges, I fucking can't stand them. So it's it's always like a little funny for me that like the, the hockey team that I follow is bright orange, but I hate the fruit, the orange. I hate it. Interesting.
2: That's a good. Point. I hate it that's so much. Wild. I uh I am a staunch right-wing Republican. <laughs> uh, I'm actually for the input Now, uh that's obviously. <laughs> Bill was at
4: January 6th. He was there yeah, with Tony I DiAngelo. planned it. Not a lot of people know that. <laughs> I planned it
7: actually. Oh, no
3: guys. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I can't. Uh, Jesus Christ. Oh, There's my going to God! Someone knocking on my door.
3: <laughs>
4: like, we've got jokes, but that's... <laughs> There's
2: gonna be someone knocking on my door tomorrow.
4: <laughs> I'm sorry. Did you expect this to be appropriate? <laughs> yeah, I, some people don't... Uh, do you have anything, Kelly? I'm, like, really trying to think of something that people might not know about me. I feel like people already know that I was, like, a goth metal head when I was younger, um, only because I talk about corn too much on the internet. God, what might I'm very? I feel like I'm very boring. I'm like examining my life, and there's nothing interesting about it. That's why I mean,
3: people know that Kelly's an exceptional cook, right? Like Kelly's amazing.
4: Oh yeah,
2: if they don't, they should.
3: Like Kelly's so good, and and it's like. It's her own little level of self torture because she cooks so well, and she refuses to eat any of the things that she cooks.
6: Okay. Well, yeah, Steph, you've talked about that in previous episodes, but but it's been a while since we talked about Kelly's cooking. Yeah, Kelly's really
3: good. I mean, I could tell you guys bunches of stuff that you don't know about these two. Like, I could. Yeah. What? What?
4: Like, like give me, give me
3: yeah,
2: something. Yeah, I think. And uh, <laughs> Harris, that was a really good question. Good We're going to keep going with that. Yeah. Um. Steph, what would what would you um what would you tell people? Hey, if you didn't know this about Bill, what like what would shock people to find out about me?
3: Hmm, what would shock people? Um, I think people would really be shocked. I don't, I don't know, but you're so, like your heart is so soft. Like you're such a soft boy, and no <laughs> one knows that about you. <laughs> Because because you're so loud and so like because you're so loud, no one knows that like you're really like you're just a sweet boy like Bill. One of our first interactions was him carrying Missy down the stairs because she was scared of them. Like that's that's Bill, um, and that came Bill, circle
2: years later carrying you downstairs
3: and that was going to be my next story like when i had my stroke my first call was to bill because i knew that bill was going to show up at my house no questions asked it's because i
2: was pissed because i was was calling you all day because we were supposed to record yelling about sports and you're just not answering and i'm like fucking staff i don't know what's going on i was furious
3: yeah i was stroking out and i didn't tell anybody stroke but uh, yeah, Bill showed up at my house and helped my father carry me down the stairs because I couldn't. I couldn't walk. Um, Bill is things that people don't know about Bill. Bill is such a soft, good person. That's what people don't know about Bill. Um, what don't that doesn't go know... any further than this room? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> we'll keep that here. Uh, what don't people know about Kelly? What would people be really surprised to know about Kelly? Um, (laughs) this woman has her life so fucking together. It is astonishing. It is astonishing. Kelly is my go-to person for every like adult thing that I know. I don't know. But if, if I needed, this is going to sound like if I needed an older sister who knew things about everything, that would be Kelly. Like Kelly, and, and it's not even an older sister. Like if I just needed a sister who knew something about everything and, I was embarrassed to ask someone else. Kelly knows it. Kelly knows it. And Kelly's going to give great advice and is going to fix it. No matter what that's Kelly.
4: Hmm. Life together. You say,
3: yeah, girl, you don't know, but you really do. You really do have your life together.
4: Um, uh, and all right, so let's,
3: let's do another, let's do more. What don't people know about Charlie? Oh, our oh,
2: sweet boy, Charlie has sweetest. a huge. No, never mind.
3: Oh um, god! <laughs> <laughs> Everyone knows that Charlie's a sweet boy. Everyone knows. Um, I think what people. No, I think don't... we should
2: be like Charlie was a bully in high school. He got kicked out of his first high school for <laughs> that would he pulling a fire alarm? <laughs> that would if he was like a mischief kid.
3: So, like, do we want to get real deep? Like, are we doing deep? Because Charlie, Charlie has a, a little bit of insecurity because he didn't come up through the journalism um, track. Like, he didn't go to school for journalism, so the he's oh he's constantly surprised that people like what he writes.
4: And that's he's why Charlie's so hard a about.
2: great writer, and it always like it always makes me laugh because I have a journalism degree, and after like the final class you know, to be named quote unquote, here's your journalism degree. I was like, I hate journalism and don't want any part of this. And uh, you know, it's what I got educated in. And Charlie's like, you know, one of these business people or something. And he's just he's just a hard worker and he's really fucking good. History.
3: At he was political science. He went to UPenn for poli sci. Like poly- he went to UPenn
4: for poli sci? Yeah. Oh never
2: mind. He's not a good business person. <laughs>
4: Fucking no, he's, he's so like, smart.
3: He's go to so community smart. college for poli <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he he got he got a full ride to UPenn. Like he's brilliant, really? and he, yeah, and he's still
2: now he's off the show. Is,
3: is literally every single day shocked that people like what he writes. And I just think I find that so endearing.
2: And Charlie's always like super stressed, working hard, doing a million different things. Oh, Anna's
3: correcting me that he studied history, not poli-sci. Maybe he minored in poli-sci. I know that it was in there somewhere. My bad. Charlie's
2: always, like, freaking out about, like, I got to write this and this. I got to go to practice. I got to cover the game, this and that. And no matter what, every time I've asked him to uh, come on an overnight show and, like, fill a segment for me, like, I'm going to ask you Flyers questions. He has done it every single time.
3: Yeah. Yeah, he's really great. And now I think it's time for you guys to say what people don't know about me. I think it's my turn.
4: <sighs> Stephanie Driver is actually really artsy and a very good painter. I yeah, Steph. Went, when
2: Steph had the stroke, she was uh she was like painting stuff for all of us. There was a there was one Christmas where she gave us a bunch of. Uh, hand-painted, like, glasses with Flyers logos and shit on them. It's She's a very good uh, artist.
3: Oh, that's really nice. Thanks, guys. It's true. Look, look at us. Look at us being friends. The Flyers uh, brought let's... us all together, and I think that's beautiful.
2: Let's bring another caller in because it's been a little Fantastic. bit. Let's go to uh, Anna. What's up tonight, Anna?
4: Friend of the pod. Hey, y'all. Anna! So yeah. I...
8: I just really want to say thanks because you guys, I started listening to your podcast in December or January of 1617 and I had just become a Flyers fan and you guys were really my connection and like how i got to understand who the players were and how things worked on the team and you were just such a pivotal part of my early fandom and also i really want to shout out kelly because you are a sneaky one of the most thoughtful and insightful hockey analysts working these days and i think you don't give yourself enough credit for how much knowledge you
4: have
3: hey.
4: Fully I get uncomfortable when people say nice things about me, so I don't know what to say to you, but thank you. It's very kind.
3: I fully agree, Anna. I fully agree. And meeting you and having so much fun for all of those years was one of the highlights of, of, my, of my time with Broad Street Hockey. I, like you are like the embodiment of why I do this.
8: Oh, thanks
3: guys. Okay, so
8: I have a question and I'll give you my answer first. Who is your favorite obscure flyer from your early days watching the team? So I, like I said I started watching 1617, so mine would be Roman Lubimov. Oh, that's a good one. Oh my
3: god, I was calling Bear by like accident. I was calling him Lubby today, like Lubby, but Lubby and I was like, "Oh, Roman Lubimov." <laughs> Out of nowhere. I have an answer, but I've got to look up his name because I forget it off the top of my head. So-
2: I have to go with uh, Donique Martel because I believed in Donique Martel so much uh, because he was just putting up goal numbers with the Phantoms. I was like, just bring this guy up and see. And uh, it turned out he was not good.
4: Mine is uh, Sean Podine. Outside of Eric Lindros, Sean Podine was my favorite flyer during the early part of my fandom. I don't know why I loved him so much, but I loved him. I at one point went to a car dealership in Delaware where he was signing autographs, and I had him sign a stick <laughs> that I had collected at a Flyers practice. And he was very kind. And
2: I went. He, I I also went to a uh, like a famous footwear or something in the Deptford Mall in Jersey because uh, he was signing autographs there. And like you know, I'm what eight, nine, ten years old. I have no idea what Sean Podine actually looks like. And I like hand my little poster placard or whatever it was to the guy sitting next to him who was like the manager (laughs) at Famous Footwear. And Podine started laughing his ass off and looked at my dad. My dad was like, "Ah, he's a kid. And he was like, I know, it's hilarious. And he signed the thing and he was super nice. I was the only one there. Yeah,
4: there was no one at the one that I went to either. It was literally in a car dealership. Like, There was nobody there. Sean Podine at a table signing autographs it was great
8: good how humiliating thing. must that be like an author at a book signing where nobody shows up
4: mm. it's got to be such a weird feeling like like they book you at a friggin car dealership in wilmington delaware and you're just like hanging out people buying cars signing autographs i mean i always,
3: all our events kelly and i have a, a solid five minutes of panic between the two of us that no one's five. gonna show up and it's just gonna be five
4: It's the the month leading up to I was going to say you mean the entire day of the event and then for the first hour until I see like 100 people, I'm convinced no one's coming. Okay, I have a five-minute panic. I'm very confident (laughs) up until
3: five minutes before it starts, and then I'm like, no one's coming. No one's coming. That's that's
2: my greatest insecurity is throwing a party that no one shows up to, and I'm always afraid of it uh, at all of our events. And to everyone's credit, and I guess to ours as well. People show up.
3: Always. People always show up. Um, so my original answer was going to be um, Adam Hall because he's... Oh, yeah. that guy. I loved Adam Hall for, for that, like, one season that he was here. I thought that he really added something to the team. But you guys had, like, real answers. So my real answer is it's got to be J. Rose Hill. Like, he gave me the most oh. fun times during... Is like two years as a flyer with the face punching, and then the he he wasn't even a flyer when the strip club incident happened. But Jay Rose Hill's my answer. That's he tickles me. Jay Rose Hill,
2: an all time legend, steals a car at a strip club and takes it to another strip
4: club,
3: not like nine minutes away. It was walkable, it was walkable, it It was like like 0.4 miles, it was was like 0.4 miles. It was, it was walkable, definitely walkable. (laughs) stole a car.
8: You know what I just thought of? Give Gudis a sword. Remember that bit from Twitter?
3: Oh, I sure do. Oh God, yeah. I, I wonder sure how Allison's do. doing. I wonder how Allison's doing too. I haven't, I haven't heard from her in a very long time. And is there anything about, and this is not just for Anna, but for everyone, is there anything about Flyers lore that we just kind of mention or we we laugh about that you don't really know what the reference is?
4: Oh, that's a great question. I would love to explain
3: some
8: of oh, am I'm, I'm hard pressed to come up with something on the spot. No, I can't. Yeah, I know. I put
3: you on the spot
8: for that. You know what? I usually just end up Googling stuff. So yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> fair
2: there, too. There are so many things I forget and then see a reference to it, and I'm like, oh, man, that joke was funny two years ago. I just always – I can never remember that stuff. Uh, Thanks a lot for dropping in tonight, Anna. Really thanks you joining us. Thanks for all your support over the years. It's meant a ton. Uh, Just to hit on a point that um, Anna brought up at the the beginning was uh, I'm very proud of what we've been able to do to be an all-inclusive show, like somebody – uh, joins as a new Flyers fan, a woman, someone not from the traditional, uh, hockey demographic and finds our show and help. It helps them get into the team and makes them feel more a part of the community. Like we have, you know, me who's, I I, I like the fights and I like to yell. I'm a sports talk radio host. Like that's who I am down. Uh, we have Charlie who's, a beat reporter he's a straightforward good writing journalist but then we have these two amazing women on this show as well i'm so happy that people have commented on you know the level of analysis and the level of inclusion that you've been able to uh create with our show over the years i think it's incredibly important and i'm proud to be a part of it
4: yeah it um
2: you're the same person and i can't tell you apart but i'm happy you're here
4: who can we're so similar in so many ways Um, I, that is one of the things I'm, I don't generally allow myself to feel pride about hardly anything that I do, but that part of what we have done, not just like as a show, not just like Steph and I talking about the flyers, but the fact that like, it resonates when you go to our events yeah when you go to our events it's not just like a bunch of like bros hanging out watching sports like it's a, like me
2: and Steve a a are there and we look like people. that but there's other people too <laughs> <laughs> yeah
4: and and like the idea that like you know somebody who mostly it's because the the way that I really got into hockey is because I was a weird loser with no friends and I found a little niche online with a bunch of other weird people with no friends who all just happen to like ice hockey. And that's kind of how I got to be a, so online hockey wise and be like, just like so involved in all of this. And the idea that like we can be that for somebody new just makes me like super happy to just to, to think that someone could feel included just because we exist like it just makes me really happy i agree and like
3: i started and i my my origin story is similar to kelly's it just happened later in life like i was a weirdo who liked hockey and no one else liked hockey so i needed to find people to talk to it about talk about it with um And I was like, I was a fan of Kelly Hinkle before anything else. Like I was a fan of Kelly Hinkle and the flyby. And that's how I really started getting engaged in this community because Kelly was doing just like little meetups at chickies to watch games. And I was like, you know what? I think you're awesome. So I'm going to show up and I don't have any other friends. And I think that you're a safe person that I can go out and not think I'm going to die if I watch a game with you. And that's so important to so many people. And that's like the only thing that I ever want to do with my life is make like, let's, let me just bring some joy to someone's life and that's going to bring joy to my life. So if I can create that with a podcast with just my words, but talking about hockey that we all love, hell yeah. Like I'm going to do that a million times over and I'm not going to stop doing that. And I think that, you know, it's, it's mentioned that the, uh, we're the two women on the show, we're the two women on the show, but Yes, but we also have two men that respect us and respect our opinions and value us as analysts. And that shouldn't go unnoticed. Like the fact that they treat us as equals and peers, which we are, is not something that you see in other podcasts that have their token women. Bill, Bill and Charlie really value and respect us. And I think that that also makes it really, really a special show.
4: Yeah, they. Uh, there's no suggestion from the two of them that, we, that they're, like, the girl on the podcast. You know what I mean? Which is, like, such yeah. a thing that exists. Or, you know, the girl on the sports radio show. I feel like every sports radio show that I listen to has, like, a woman that pipes in with, like, one, like, silly comment, like, an hour, and then everyone laughs at her. And it's just, like, it's a very, like, stupid trope that I feel like is incredibly disrespectful to the women that are doing it. And also to the people that are listening, but like Bill and Charlie, like it's not even like we're women and men. Like we're just four people that like hockey, all of us on the same level. I'm all man, lady. Well, that's (laughs) true. And also like, I mean, Steph and, and Charlie and, and Bill now really are like professional sports people. Like this is what they do for their jobs. I work for like the water company and I do this for fun. And not one of the three of them treat me like I'm any less of a sports voice because it's not what I do for my full-time job. And it's just really nice. The three, the four of us, like, I forget what podcast We got lucky to all get together when we did. We really did. We really did. And we got lucky that the four of us like each other so much genuinely and that the four of us can do a podcast together that flows well and it's not janky. There's no one yelling at each other. Like no one's ever fighting. Like it's just, well, I mean, the two of you, but that's like, you know, part of why you love each other. We had one argument once. I
3: can't remember for the life of me what it was about, but it was the only one time that I actually got angry at you and you actually got angry at me. Oh, I
4: remember what it was. I don't know if That's, you want to tell the story. I remember
2: there being one at Wildfire where Taylor in the parking was like, lot. I thought was this was a lot. problem.
4: It was It was when I was moving to Halifax and we weren't sure if me doing the show remotely was going to work. That's what uh, it was. Oh, that was the time that we had like an actual fight.
3: Oh, yeah. Oh, guys, you're going to love this. We were having an actual fight in the parking lot. And Steph being the absolute see you next Tuesday she is, threw her shit in the car and drove away while Bill and Kelly were still standing in the parking lot.
4: Yeah, that one was a bad That's our Fleetwood Mac moment. Like, we had to have one
3: where <laughs> <laughs> we just that got really mad. But,
4: like, we got over it. And it's all everything is
2: fine yeah yeah Yeah. it's we've been together six years now 300 episodes (laughs) and all the other bullshit that's i I mentioned today like we're celebrating the 300th episode of broad street hockey radio the flagship program we've done all of us combined the different things like a thousand shows like there's there's so much shit on our podcast feed and like it's not the full patreon up there it's not like all the uh, like every, every single thing. It, it, we've done probably close to a thousand, but that first one, BSH seventy nine, that was the beginning of this thing, and now we're at three seventy nine. It's it's absolutely nuts that the one show launched everything else that we've done. Uh and now we're you know, we recorded number three hundred today. Let's get back to uh let's get let's bring in Patrick Reed Miller. He's been waiting a while. What's up, Patrick? Uh oops.
0: Pat, can you hear us? Yeah, I can. There you are, okay. Yeah. Uh, Happy 300, guys. Holy crap. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, basically, I guess um, it's just kind of funny how, like, our fandom has, like, somehow reached around the world, so to speak, when, like, we do these kind of things. Because it's just, like... You have all these teams to pick, and you pick the flyers. And it makes us it makes me feel special. Like, remember that guy we met from New Zealand a couple posts ago? I, I
2: talked was? about that on That's the show earlier today.
0: Like that. we have a fan in New Zealand. That's insane. Like like you picked the Flyers out of all the teams you could follow in the National Hockey League. You picked the Flyers, the team that gives us so much pain. You
4: absolute world. fool. Re
0: rethink this. God. And um uh, that's so why I wanted to talk about Charlie for a second. Um, I feel like I said this on a post-game maybe with, like, Kelly and Steve. If anybody in here knows how to make an award or some type of, like, t-shirt thing for, like, the festivist party, please put It's a Retool, Charlie, so we can give it to him as, like, an award. Oh, party. that's so
2: great, actually.
4: I artist. actually – I haven't given it to him yet. Charlie just recently bought a house. I got him – his housewarming gift from me is – Uh, a framed cross stitch that says it's a retool, Charlie.
0: Because that that's going to be doesn't in my this. brain until <laughs> this thing gets turned around. It's a retool. There
2: training. is a 0% chance Charlie sits down and listens to this fucking
0: show.
4: Not, we've, <laughs> how long have we been doing the 51 minutes? He's not going to listen for 51 minutes. I know that
0: much. No. <laughs> I'm glad we're doing this at the end instead of the beginning. Are you tells no kidding tell me? Charlie. He's
3: absolutely going
0: to listen. He's traveling and he you know loves us.
3: Charlie is driving. absolutely going to listen to this whole thing. He thinks he's hi, better hi. than us. You know it no he's (laughs) listening i promise you he's gonna listen oh no we should bet on it we should bet on it what let's what word what word are we gonna use charlie use the word rutabaga if you've listened to this point
0: (laughs) oh man but yeah i guess with the show it's like i've laughed at almost all the episodes because like you guys generally just make it all fun and funny and it's just I know it's horrible. But it's kind of funny when Charlie gets mad because he never gets mad. And like when he has to yell, I'm like, well, that's nice. It's, it's, oh, it's the so best. The nice. best shit
2: is when he's angry. That's my favorite thing on the show.
0: <laughs> I'm like, this this guy is so nice. And he's like, why is he yelling? Because
3: <sighs> we know we know exactly what buttons to push with Charlie. And, you and
0: know what really grinds his gears.
3: Like Bill just does it perfectly every
7: time.
0: Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, here's something funny. So I'm watching the um the NHL on TNT post or pregame or whatever, and you guys will never guess who's in Biz Nasty Spot. We've talked about him a lot, Bill. We've yelled about him uh, a lot.
2: It's not me. I'm here. Uh I don't know. Is it who Yandel?
0: Was...
2: Yes, no fucking way.
4: <laughs> Listen, yes. if Keith Yandel
0: is gonna be it good is... at anything, it's being on television. It is I was I laughed so hard. I'm like, you got the guy who we yelled at for how many weeks last winter about the Iron Man record who he which he wasn't gonna keep. Oh my god, they're showing highlights right now of when he beat the record. But that's like ironically. uh,
2: The record almost I'm it was good for him. it's good for him he got it he wanted it but it was almost unfair to him because he was so goddamn bad and like in his pursuit of this record the narrative is he's the worst player i've ever seen
0: they just showed um his 1000th game on the pregame right now and they just showed how the florida panthers have gifted him a golf cart so
4: he's fine a golf cart i wonder what the flyers gave him um, t shirt probably a contract? A bottle uh, of wine <laughs> from Ed contract? Snyder's Vineyard. Oh god. Oh god. A koozie with gritty on it. <laughs> One of the
2: uh and thanks a lot, Patrick. Appreciate thanks, it. You. Thanks, worry, Patrick. More calls. Um <laughs> I was the, the uh the Jake Voracek Chiapet maybe. Oh god, yes.
5: <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh that's uh I had I had a question, but I forget what it is. so let's let's take another call while I try to remember it. Uh, Adam Bortz has been waiting a while. What's going on tonight, Adam? Hey,
5: guys. So hey,
3: Adam, What's
5: up? So um, first and foremost, congratulations on three hundred of these things. That's super, super impressive. And I hope you guys really like allow yourselves to be proud of not just the product that you put out consistently. But like the community that you've built around that product, it's it's super cool, and uh, I hope you guys allow yourselves that for for starters. I, I
2: think that's thank you. I think that's the number one thing for all of us. Like I said on the show earlier today, uh, it's not just like the people who listen to us, our download numbers, everything. It's the fact that. I had this idea a long time ago to do a Flyers podcast because I was tired of being one of the people who complained that they don't talk about the Flyers on regular sports talk radio. So uh, (laughs) considering there's an internet and I'm not an imbecile, I can probably do this myself. And now there's so many Flyers podcasts. Uh, like I'm not say like I'm not giving us credit for that. I'm not saying we started a, a, a podcast revolution. Just kind of like what happened in the world. Like everyone has a podcast now, but there weren't. I, I don't know. I, I don't think any of the shows that are out there now and doing well existed when we started. And I they think not. the fact that we showed it can be successful is pretty cool.
5: Right. Right. Which this is a really good segue into my next point. I'm like, okay, there is a lot of podcasts out there in this. You know sphere of incredibly underrepresented fan base in this major sports market there's all these different podcasts and i listen to maybe i don't know the first like 10 minutes or so of the the 300 pod today and i'm like why did i choose this one like why is Broad Street hockey the one that i listen to and i wrote down a couple things just jotted down some thoughts here i think and i'm not going to name other podcast names or any people on this podcast but some of them are so pretentious and like oh they they're they're just icky (laughs) in a way some of those guys and if there's anybody that covers the team it's got to be charlie could be the most pretentious person out there he is by far in a way the best flyers beat writer and could be so much more pretentious than any of those other people coloring the team. And he's not. Oh, he could have left us in the dust
2: years ago, you know?
5: (laughs) Yeah, and it's just so comforting and so cool that he is that way, you know? Um, And I just really appreciate listening to everything he has to say, moreover, the way that he says it. Um, I just, I really, really like that. You know, we talk about, and you got, I (laughs) have inclusive written down here. You talked this one to death a little while ago, so I won't belabor it too much, but I think, you know, we talk about sometimes problems with hockey culture and there's a lot of them, right? I think the, the majority of the problems of hockey culture really stem around the fact that it's such an exclusive sport. It's expensive to play and people that are in this niche sport make it exclusive. Like we almost some of these people do it to themselves and do the sport. But like what you guys do is the complete opposite. And like Kelly and Steph, especially, you do so much, not just like putting the product out and letting it do its thing and have this like organic kind of following. You guys like go get people and you interact. And, and the fact that this is, I don't want to say a collaborative podcast, but the amount of engagement that you guys have with these listeners and, and all of us is, like, far and away better than any of the other Flyers podcasts out there, in my opinion.
4: I genuinely, and this is going to sound, like, cheesy as fuck, but I really do, like, genuinely feel, like, a weird affection for every single person that listens to our podcast. And there's literally nothing I like more than <laughs> to like talking to people, like just like, and this is why I'm kind of sad that Twitter might die. Like just like <laughs> talking to people that are part of our weird little family and just like having a conversation about hockey or talking about, you know, just like, it's just like such a nice, like you said, inclusive I hope that we make it like a welcoming, friendly space. Like, I want more people to like hockey. I want more people to like the Flyers. I obviously would like more people to listen to us. Like, I want this to be like a big, giant tent that everyone can fit into. And so if we're doing that, like, that's awesome. Like, that's what I
5: want. And that's imperative to the success of the sport, in my opinion, for that to happen to yeah. make it more inclusive, to get more people involved. Um, it, it's yeah. it's got to be that way.
3: And one thing that you said that it didn't even, like it didn't even hit me that it's something that you don't see other people do like other, other analysts. None of us are scared or afraid to hear that we're wrong and learn things from our listeners. Like I, yeah. I, this is, like we, we, I love it personally. Like, tell me if I'm, if I'm misunderstanding something or if I'm misrepresenting something because I want to understand it better. And if you have a better grasp on that than I do, please tell me like that's, I love learning from people. And I think that that's really what makes a community for sure, because we do that. We learn from everyone all the time.
5: That too. And just even the genuine way you guys responded to both of that comes through in how you guys produce this product. You know, and I just don't get that sense of, you know, people being genuine on, on any of the other ones. And it's it's by far and away, you know, one of the reasons I, I love listening to you guys.
2: I really appreciate that, Adam. And uh, thanks a lot for joining us tonight. Adam is uh, one of our regulars on the post game, So I'm glad he was able to jump in tonight. Adam, uh,
3: Adam came prepared with homework and I'm so yeah. impressed. Thank you I, so uh, much.
2: I, we have had, there has been, I mean, you know, it's Twitter, it's the internet, there's there's drama, uh, it happens. I have made it a point to never, ever, and I'm glad Adam didn't name any other shows. Listen, everyone's out there doing their thing. Quite honestly, I don't listen to other podcasts. I only listen to wrestling podcasts. So I have no idea what anyone there might be yes. shows. There might be shows ten times better than ours. I have no fucking idea, but I have made it a point to never mention any other show uh, because there's just no point. there's no like reason. At the end of the day, we're talking about goddamn hockey. Like the people who, if you're gonna have a problem with any of us, like get a goddamn life. Uh, and the inclusive, I love hearing that we are you know inclusive and that we. Uh, everyone feels like they can be a part of this thing even if you know i grew up playing hockey but if i wasn't an only child there's zero chance my parents could have afforded that shit it's ridiculous like it is such a it is such a closed community and there are so many barriers to entry like i i want to make sure everyone has the opportunity to be a part of this
3: thing yeah absolutely and that's why can can you hear me my phone is being really yeah. slow so i can't I can't tell if mute is working or not. No, you're good. Um, and that's why I surround myself with with you people. Like th- that's why I like you because we're all like minded and we're all like we're all good people. And I'm not just talking about like the four of us or the six of us or the eight of us, the thirty of us with Broad Street yeah, Hockey, I the whole community. Good person, but... <laughs> Steve. Charlie. Steve is a very good person. Well, oh, why Charlie. here.
4: You know. I think they're recording Flyperboli tonight. Oh, la dee da.
2: I don't remember who was next. Uh, I'm going to say it was Jeff Walberg. But was
4: Adam done? Did we cut him off? Was I Adam think, done? He wasn't done. I but think that's I dropped okay. Adam, yeah. It's okay.
2: He oh, was he wasn't gonna, done? He was going to
4: say nice things about you, Bill, so it's fine that you cut him off. Ah,
2: shit. That's that's <laughs> when I was out of the room.
1: ran he to get
3: prepared. another beer. He came prepared with homework. Let Adam finish. All right. We'll
7: bring Adam back after Jeff. What's up, Jeff? Okay. Hey guys. How's it going? Um, I figured I'd jump on here because uh, I just, you know, I wanted to give you a big shout out to say thanks because um, I grew up playing hockey. I loved hockey. It was the only sport I knew until, you know, I I started like interacting with people of sports in school and they were like talking about baseball and all this other crap. And I'm like, what what do you mean you you're not allowed to like just hit somebody and take the the possession of the ball from them like why is that not allowed in in soccer and all those other sports so my whole life I've had like this big kind of chip on my shoulder like all these other sports are are crap compared to what I have always considered to be the greatest sport on earth and so um I was also a Flyers fan living in New York and so I didn't never really had anyone to like chat with is until, you know, you come across like random Flyers fans. It's like, oh, great. You know, let's talk about the team. So when I found your podcast, it was awesome because it was able to it allowed me to like tap into the the heart of the Flyers fandom from, you know, a distance and actually feel like I was part of a community, not just like some crazy maniac wearing a tin hat. Um, So thank you for that. I love that.
4: that's awesome.
7: And, I'm so uh,
3: glad that you're able to survive living in New York as a Flyers fan. Are you in the city?
7: Uh, well, actually, me and my wife just moved to Philly this year, a few months oh, ago. Nice. So, and oh, I, I, nice. I have to say, like, the Flyers, I don't know if this I should admit this or not, but probably did factor into that decision. <laughs> so,
3: I mean, listen, um, that's, our crazy- that's why I went, why I went yeah. to college in Philly, so I completely understand.
7: Right. Uh, yeah, we're, I don't know what it is about this team, but like, if you're actually like a fan of it, I think you just have to have a little bit of crazy in you. And, oh, it's, you know, certainly it's a, it's bill. a drug problem.
2: Like if I could just give up yeah. on caring about this team, like I'd still do the show and I'm probably a good enough performer that I could make it good, but like. If I could just not care about them, that would be awesome. The fact that they're able to affect my mood,
7: and I'm 34 <laughs> years old—like it's there's something the matter with us. They're drunk. It it is. It's like we're we're all just playing the slot machine, you know. And it's like the one time they it, it win is like, oh my gosh, this is the greatest feeling ever. And then like the, most of the time, it's like, uh, okay, maybe next time, maybe next time, sort of thing. Uh, I, it definitely like. They should do a whole psychology study on just, you know, Flyers fans and why we're so passionate about a team that has kicked us in the balls for the past 50 years. But anyway, um, so I just had a quick question for you guys, because I I, whenever I meet another Flyers fan, even if you're another hockey fan, even if they're um, a fan of like a different team, I feel like I respect them on another level because they're a fan of the sport. And there's so few people that can really like appreciate what a what a wonderful sport it is, uh, you know. And like the the, the classic things like oh, it allows fighting, and people who like don't actually watch hockey they're like oh yeah, they fight in this sport, right? And you're like yeah, and they also do like a lot of other like super cool shit, like change on the fly, and like there's all these elements of the game that are just completely unique to hockey that just make it so much better than everything else. So I'm curious from each of you. Like a why how did you get into hockey? did you play it, or did was it like you know the mighty ducks or something as a kid like what was it that made you get into the sport and b like what do you think like the the best the most signature aspect of hockey is that kind of makes it stand out uh compared to others?
5: I'll I'll go first. That's
7: a great one, Jeff. Uh, Yeah. Really great. Because
2: you have the most interesting story because, like, I'm always amazed by any new hockey fan, especially a new Flyers fan. Because, like, Kelly and I, Charlie, we grew up with, you know, the Legion of Doom and Eric Lindros and having that uh, background of the history of the Flyers was still semi-present in that they were a relevant, great team, even though they didn't actually win. Steph joined late. And I am constantly blown away by anyone who chooses this team now. Driver?
4: Driver muted. All
2: right. Uh, Steph was saying she was having connection problems. How about you, Kelly?
4: So I I don't know what – I don't know why. So essentially what happened was my – origin story is very boring in that I was at a family holiday party or birthday party or something. I don't remember. I had an older cousin who I thought was cool because he was like older and I was like 11 and stupid. And he at one point made us stop playing like Sonic or something on the Sega Genesis so that he could put the Flyers game on. And he put the Flyers game on and I sat there and I watched it and something about it just immediately grabbed me and from about 1996 on i was just all the way in and i think that the reason that i got so into it um kind of like what uh buddy was just saying there that it's it like when you meet someone else that likes hockey it's such a niche sport it's not like the eagles where every single person cares about them it's like an Insta little community. It's like a an Insta bond with somebody when you find out that they're like also a rabid hockey fan. If you've never met them before, like you can have an hour long conversation with them just because the two of you are crazy hockey people. And that just kind of like weird community that I kind of find, found my way into just kind of like gave me like a home. and So that's why I got really, really into it. And that would have been like, the early 2000s. Um but yeah, I just kind of like stumbled into it. I don't have a hockey family. I never played the game. I I just really love it. Yeah, I uh
2: Steph, can you uh your app crashed. You're back. So what's your what's your origin story, Steph?
4: Can you hear me? Yep.
3: Okay, sorry. Yeah, my app crashed. What a fun time. So, my origin story I grew up in North Jersey, not in a sports family at all. Like, my dad is from Australia. He watches Aussie rules, sometimes does not give a single flying shit about American sports. No one in my family does. My brother played hockey growing up. I always enjoyed watching Mighty Ducks, loved those movies, but it was never like it wasn't my life. My neighbors were all Devils fans because growing up in the 90s in New Jersey, you were a Devils fan because they were good then. Um, And then, you know, I started becoming a Philly fan through the Eagles. Um, I was dating a guy in high school who was an Eagles fan, and I had already fully rejected New York sports. Like in North Jersey, I fully rejected New York sports. Um, so I was never going to like the giants. I was never going to like the Islanders. Like that was just never going to be me. Um, so the, the guy that I was dating, his name was will, A big, big Philly sports fan, uh, his whole family. And he was an Eagles fan season ticket holder at the vet started going with him and his family to games. Hooked like immediately hooked on the early aughts Eagles. Um, so that the eagles like they made me decide to go to drexel and i went to school in philadelphia um and i was around for the phillies world series win but i didn't really care about baseball so it was like whatever um and then let's fast forward to 2010 the cup run uh the guy that i was dating at the time greg uh you can blame him for my origin story um start was watching hockey and we lived together so it was on the tv all the time greg greg um i'm kidding he listens to the show we're
2: big listeners
3: greg listens. my the the greg in question listens to the show sup um and and when like they they lost and the season was over like it didn't it didn't have an impact on me because I wasn't invested. But what I missed was the sound, the sound of of ice hockey being played. And that's that's the very long way of answering. That's what keeps me here. I don't that's it's the quintessential. Just that's ice hockey to me hearing the the blades on the ice hearing the puck against the boards just it's the the noise it's it's the sound of hockey and and that's that's the first piece of me and the the piece that I'll never be able to let go it's it's for me what makes hockey hockey and then when you have the game in play the crowd and the you know the sound of of the puck on the on the the hmm. The bar—that's that's the word that I'm looking for. Bar,
4: the word that Yes, that's the word that I'm um, looking
3: for. You know, and and hearing bodies tracked into the boards—it's the sounds of hockey that bring it all home for me. I I I just I love it, and I think that everybody. I don't think that I need to explain it to no. all of you here. You know exactly what I'm talking yeah, about. Uh... You know how it makes you feel, and that's it for me.
2: I'm super happy you brought that up because along with the sounds uh, when I played, I played through high school. um, The smell when you were out there now, the smell of equipment and the smell of locker rooms is one thing that's horrible, but the smell of the cold when you're on the ice, there's really just absolutely nothing like it that I just like got addicted to young. But um, I grew up. In a neighborhood in South Jersey called Crescent Hollow, shout-out CHP, shout out 08080. Uh, that my I'm like two to five years younger than the majority of my friends, and they all were just super into hockey. And in our neighborhood, everybody played. They played out on the street all day. It was like the sand lot, but for hockey, basically. So I just kind of got thrown into it. And it was funny because our neighborhood was like broken up into sections. And the section you lived in was your team. And we were the Flyers. And like the, if I was a couple houses down, maybe I would have grown up a fucking Devils fan. I don't know. But where we lived, we were the Flyers. And it was just that's all we did all day was watch the Flyers play hockey. And then like in the summer, watch slap shot, and then go out and play more hockey and that's just the way it always was for us until i started playing ice hockey in probably the second or third grade and always loved it uh you know someone brought up the fights and just the uh how unique hockey is in that regard and that's what i loved initially i was a rambunctious little kid i was always getting like i said all my friends most of them were like 2 to 5 years older than me so they would get me to like fight somebody As we're playing street hockey in the middle of our neighborhood, like in the middle of the day, uh, they would goad me into like fighting somebody and I would just lose my mind because I was little and nuts. And that's that's just always how I was. And hockey was the perfect outlet for that as, you know, suddenly you're playing organized and you grow up and it's no matter what level you play at, there's always that insane aspect of the game. And I just fucking loved it so much.
4: Truly shocked to hear that tiny Bill Matz was the enforcer out on those that's, streets. Yeah, that's. I'm like, I'm like six, and everyone there is
2: like eight to ten, and it's like, Bill, fight this guy. I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll fight my neighbor. Why? why not?
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, let's I bring Adam like back.
3: Ne- we very narrowly avoided being Devil's fans, you and I. Very narrowly. <laughs> uh,
2: that's, uh, I mean,. So many people in my neighborhood I grew up with were Devils fans but like the people I was friends with were Flyers fans. I I bought a Devils hat once when I was just like a real little kid cuz my buddy uh my buddy's uncle his 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 aunt married Billy Garen, like, when Billy Garen was winning cups with the Devils in, you know, 95. And I bought a Devil's hat to get his autograph. And my buddy Frank, who, like, everyone in here has met Frank. He's been at all Frankie! of our events. He's my best friend. He beat the shit out of me. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> he, he straight up, like, in my driveway Frank, thank you. punched me in the face. Oh, Because I bought a The Devil's legend of Frankie. Yeah. Uh, let's oh, go to... He ahead. saved let's... your life. Let's bring Adam back, because I didn't mean to hang up on him. What's up, Adam? Hey,
5: Bill, sorry to be a pain in the ass. Thanks for bringing me back in. You are no, not. No <laughs> I, I, I put my headphones down.
2: down for a few seconds and missed something, apparently.
5: <laughs> uh, sounds of hockey, by the way, are such an underrated part of the game. Oh, yeah. my God. Like, a crisp slap shot going bar down in, in the net like gives me chills. I love it's- that
3: sound it's it, there's just that's that's it that's it for me it's the sound like everything else can go away as long as the sound is still there and I'm good
5: oh it's perfect so uh really quick Bill um you know I kind of heaped accolades and everybody else and I just wanted to finish up with you um I did not know again I listened to only maybe like the first 10 or 15 minutes of the pod today I don't know if it was Kelly or if it was Steph was talking about the transformation of Bill Mats.
3: Twas me. That was, <laughs> was me. Was that you,
5: Steph? Yeah. Okay. Well, the first thing that popped into my head was like a Renaissance painting of Bill, <laughs> like a historical. It was one of the Fettuccini in I time. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I didn't. I didn't know that about Bill. Like I thought you always just kind of like did this, you know? Because you're such a natural at it. You're so good at what you do. I thought it was just kind of like always this way. I didn't know that wasn't the case. Yeah, it was. And. Go ahead. Now, it was always like what I wanted to
2: do. Like I started interning at, at WIP with uh, with Big Daddy Graham on the overnight show in 2007 when I was a freshman in college. I just like didn't take anything at all in my life seriously. And my buddies and I opened a restaurant at one point, And then that went under because it was like <laughs> me and my two drinking buddies opened a restaurant. Of course, it didn't fucking last. Uh, And then, like, I I had nowhere to go, so my friends who were like in bands and had like a merch warehouse said, "Hey, just come run that for us. It isn't hard. You you print out shipping labels and put them on packages." I was like, "Yeah, okay, that sounds good." And then, you know, finally, I I got serious about like I need to do something with my life, and uh, luckily, I already I had this, and
5: it it worked out, and then uh, it, it, it grew from there. That's that's awesome. I would have not expected that. Again, it sounds like you've done this forever. When I when I hear you talk about not just hockey, but about sports in general, you know, to me it's like you are almost the embodiment of Philadelphia sports and what sports are like in this city. And it's so great to hear you talk so passionately and so fluently and fluidly about all these sports together how lucky are we to have you as part of like the hockey community to be an advocate for for us you know as you start to go on this next kind of like stage of your career here with WIP and I think you're going to have a really successful really long career doing that because again you're like an embodiment of of what this is and you're so good at it and I wish you the best of luck that's all I wanted to say i
2: I so much appreciate that, Adam, and thank you so much. I, I can't tell you how much that means to me because that's all I want to be. I love this fucking town. I love it so much, and I just uh, I want to do everyone proud. Oh, you're doing it,
3: baby. You're you're doing it, dude. Like you really are. I I have watched, and this is ugh, God. It sounds gross. It sounds very maternal, but it's not. Like I've watched you grow up.
2: We grew up but, in this business together, like, Steph, and I was joking with, and-
5: We grew up, and to, it's, right, look, like, we grew up yeah, together. Like,
2: I was, when we met, I was what, in my mid to early 20s, uh, or like 25? Same, at the I mean,
3: yeah, you're what, two, two years younger than me? Like, same, and we grew up together, And and I'm so, so proud of what we've built, but not only what we've built together, but then what you've springboarded from what we've built together, I'm- it's, it's really, I don't tell you often enough that I'm really like, I'm really proud of the the man and the person that you've become, but I really am.
2: It's mostly Ava. I was forced to grow up because, uh, like I had to, uh, I suddenly had to care about someone other than myself and like how I'm going to get drunk with my buddies tonight. Uh, but no, it's, <laughs> it's been, it's been just a ridiculous ride to get to this point. I'm happy we've been able to do it thus far. And it's all because of this, like it all grew from this show. Like, uh, I I was an intern at WIP but no one knew it. Like I couldn't even get school credit for it cuz I went and did it myself. Uh no one knew. I was no one who owned like worked there other than like the producer and the host knew I was doing it. So <laughs> it was very much under the radar endeavor in which I was just getting on-air reps and uh, nothing else for it and uh it's it's been insane ever since. Uh let's get Nikki Hall on. He's been waiting for a little bit.
9: Hey How's it going, everybody? Hey, what's Nick up,
1: Nikki, Hello. Why, hello to you too, Steph. <laughs> I was very excited. Um, how are y'all? Uh, okay, first of all, I know everybody's been saying it, but congrats on three hundred. I'm like super, duper happy for y'all. Like it's thank you, thank you. It's been, it's been a wild ride. Um, so just a tiny bit of my origin story. I mean, I grew up in a very small town. Um, my dad tried to raise me as an Eagles fan. Was very unsuccessful. That's why I'm a Panthers fan. I know.
3: Oh, are you down south? Are you down here?
1: I'm in Yeah, no, I'm in I'm in New Jersey. I mean, uh, oh, okay. I used to live I used to live in Audubon, but now I'm in Blackwood.
3: Oh, okay. Uh, south uh, Jersey. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Oh, Clementon Pizza um, Hut was my spot. I was a manager there. Now it's, it doesn't exist. It's out of business. Can Everywhere I've worked, that's really – that's what forced me more than anything is everywhere I've worked, I never, ever got fired. They all went out of business. I wonder if there's some sort of pattern there. Do
3: not – do not say that any louder,
1: please. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, you know, growing up, I was pretty much – like I even said in chat um, – I grew up with the Phantoms. I followed the Flyers here and there. I couldn't get a firm, like, this is the team I want to watch. But I attended Phantoms games growing up. You know, I went to a few games, went the year they won the Calder Cup. You know, I went to the games even before they won it and and after. But I never really started, like, really fully getting into the Flyers until about roughly, like, late. 2000s around the time a little bit before our cup run like a couple years I want to say what else was I going to say but yeah no um, honestly the one thing I will say that I will always appreciate more so when we lose even though I hate when we lose is just the post-game therapy with Bill like I cannot say for the life of me how many times or how many days that some days are worse than others. But I, having like a real bad day, the flyers just make it worse. But then Bill goes live with a post game, and we're pretty much just going like, "Oh well, this happened," and I'm sick of this. I'm sick of that. And it's just like it's it feels like a safe space, honestly. So like, thank you, Bill, and no oh, for the few. I, I for the few. I appreciate that, Nikki. I wanted to
2: create. Something for people like we've been all complaining about this team for a long time. I wanted to create something for all of us to kind of come together and just be mad,
1: yeah, for real. Like, y'all had actually, believe it or not, I had discovered y'all when I was not exactly in the best mindset. So, like, I started listening into your podcast and like a lot of the stuff that y'all did even before the post game, and I was just like, wow, this is this is the crew that I think I'm gonna like stick with as far as like. The post game interviews go or any of the post game stuff like like this this is this right here if it's not post game therapy from bsh BSH radio i don't want it at
3: all (laughs) oh i love that thank you and i'm i'm you you mentioned that you were going through a hard time like the hard times that we've all gone through like I think it's important for you guys to know. Like, this show brings us through it too. Like, it it's it, it's not just if if we're pulling you through or we're helping you. Like, you guys are helping us. Like, giving us a place just to talk about whatever we're talking about. It helps us too. Like, this helped me get through the pandemic, uh, oh, yeah. my stroke, like so many things.
1: Yeah, that was especially big the year of the pandemic cuz like I low key thought cuz of everything shutting down like I know everything that, that was going to happen eventually but like the minute hockey and every other sport picked back up it was just like I I, I was like ah, are we still going to do post games you know are post games going to still be a thing you know what's what's the status there it's like I don't I don't know what's going on as far as that all went but I mean we still did them I mean minus the last game but I mean at that point we were pretty much out, and uh, you know, it was nice while it lasted.
2: <laughs> it was, it um, was, and uh, thanks a lot, Nikki. Appreciate you hanging out with us tonight. It's uh, someone just asked, How come post games don't get posted till the next day? Um, last year and in the past, when I've done them, they usually get posted that night, like an hour after they end, they're up pretty much. Uh, like I get it, I knocked them out this year. Uh, it has just been incredibly hectic. I typically – I've just had a ton of shifts at WIP on the night of Flyers games. It's worked out that way. So I uh, I just don't do them until the next morning. Like I have the file, and I can't edit it and post it and do all that stuff. So when I have the opportunity, we're going to have uh, like a more – you'll be able to listen to them that night and stuff. It's just been – things have been incredibly hectic. Uh, Kelly helped me out earlier this week. She got one of my post games up that I just did not have the time to do uh, with a bunch of shit going on. It's uh, I want to bring them to you so you have them in podcast form because listen, there's you know at most what? 100 people live if it's a huge game or something maybe more but like 40, 50, 60 people live in the post game uh, our listenership is on the podcast, and I want to be able to bring that to them. Things have just been nuts lately.
4: <laughs> I don't know who you think you are with your job and your social life. <laughs> <laughs> it's,
2: it's really, uh, I that's like as uh, Nikki's saying, like, oh, you know, when the pandemic ended, I wasn't know if post games were getting going to continue i would love to get out of schemes like I, i love the community i love talking to everyone i would love to not have to do something two to three days a week uh but it's it's just a big part of what of what the bsh brand has become and people really really respond to them so i i couldn't stop them now if i wanted to because we need them like they're just they're part of the regular programming uh let's see uh let's bring in eric smith what's up tonight eric
9: Eric. Yo, what's up?
6: Oh, there you
5: there are. he is. Hey, Eric!
9: Hey! Anyway, so, I I just had a quick story. First of all, congrats on 300 or Thank however many. You. So, I just had a quick story about one time that I was actually... You guys actually mentioned me on the podcast, and I sometimes think back to it and laugh. But, um, Steph, I don't know if you remember. I think this was... I guess this would have been last year's draft party. Um, you gave away a few tickets to a Flyers game.
3: Yeah,
9: And... Yeah. I remember like I got the tickets and then that weekend I was like, okay, let's figure out who I could invite to the game and figure out who I can or what game I can go to. So I was still trying to figure out the details. And then at your next podcast, you uh, started out the show saying like, Hey, thanks everyone for coming to the draft party. And then Steph, you were like, Hey, so, uh, yeah, uh, if you were the person who bought or got those tickets, um, I know who you are and you better fucking email me because that's the only way I'm going to get in contact with you. Oh,
3: my so, God. So I threatened you? And,
9: yes. And because I remember I was sitting at my desk working. This was like 830 in the morning, and I'm sitting at my desk, and I'm listening to the podcast, and I'm like, wait, what the fuck? She's talking about me.
3: Oh, my gosh. And, well, you're welcome.
9: And I guess, And so I'm just sitting there like, oh, I should probably email her back. And then I emailed you like, 10 minutes later and um I think you might be back We're like oh my god you've listened to the podcast so fast I'm like yeah well you kind of threatened me so
3: <laughs> I'm so sorry but also I'm not <laughs> so
9: yeah that was my entire story but it was uh, fun and yeah so thank you for that
3: well did you enjoy the game did they win
9: yeah, I remember I was there. I think they won in yeah, they won in overtime. It was a game against the Senators because I remember they t- I think they tied it up with like five minutes left, and the oh, guy I was say. with was like, they "Oh, made fucking back." Yeah, exactly. And the guy I was with was like, "Oh, fucking great! They're gonna send it to overtime again. I have to watch more of this shit." Oh,
3: <laughs> rude. So
9: rude.
2: Oh, that's that's so. incredible stuff, Eric. I'm really uh, so. I'm glad you were able to share that.
9: So yeah, that was always that was always a lot of fun.
2: That's awesome. <laughs> That's all of Steph when even when Steph is doing something nice, it's a threat.
3: Listen. It's who I am. <laughs> I'm aggressively nice. <laughs>
2: Uh, thanks a lot for joining us tonight, Eric. I really appreciate you uh, stopping in and sharing your thoughts. And a fun story, that's a that's a good one. Uh, Harris wants to get back on, and I never deny Harris because uh, he's the most knowledgeable uh, person on these post games
6: usually. So what's up,
4: post game co-host? Yeah. Um <laughs> I think
6: the uh, another thing that really uh, makes you guys attractive as a group is the fact, and I mentioned the way this, I look. Yeah, the I promise is that there's something about all of you that is relatable to any type of person because you have your own unique personality um, that everyone can sort of relate to. And it means that not only is the podcast interesting, but you guys as people become relatable Um, and we want to invest. We care about you guys as people as well. And uh, we invest in like how you guys are doing and like hearing about, um, things with Steph's family and your guys' individual health. And I think we care about all those things um, as a group. So it's not just uh, a good podcast in terms of content, but also the personalities make it what it is. Um, and I think a lot of people, uh, including myself, have gone through a lot of tough times and podcasts are a form of escapism. And it allows uh, at least me individually to Uh, put on my hockey hat for a while and I'm going for like a midnight walk around my neighborhood and I can just listen to podcasts, whether it's you or other uh, podcasts, but especially uh, yours, of course. And um, I just appreciate what you guys bring to a general, larger audience for those reasons.
3: Thank you so much. That means a lot. That means means so much to me. And like, I can't speak for anyone else, but I, I can speak for myself, I feel it. Like, I feel that our our community genuinely gives a shit about me, and that means so much. It means so much because, yeah, I have many mental illnesses, like many of them. So just the reminder that I don't suck and people do like me and care about me, it always comes from this community, and I appreciate it so much, like so much. I can't even express to you how much I appreciate the support that I get from this community.
6: Um, Another thing like relating to that is that, I mean, I don't really have that many friends. Um, I don't have a huge social life. So hockey uh, is a huge aspect of my life and it's what I like the most. And having podcasts like this to uh, learn and grow is, a hockey fan in general um is uh, it's just fun and again it's an escape from day to day the dregs of life so um i really like that and here's something on the more lighter side that i know kelly will enjoy you guys as a whole will enjoy is um if you reread the title um of the podcast uh the sucking isn't the story that's clearly a, that's what she said
4: of course it is <laughs> I'm, the that, I'm the one that writes those that's that's
2: <laughs> i kelly i gotta say like it's the 300th episode we did like what 32 minutes before we even got into the team just talking about like bsh and then it was the headline was the sucking isn't the story and it made me laugh so hard when i saw it pop forget- up on uh, on apple today
4: I forget who said it. It was either you or Steph. But as soon as someone said it, I, t- I picked up my phone. I jotted down a little note. And I was like, thanks for naming the show.
3: Amazing. <laughs> yeah, we were talking about Tortorella. It had to have been. but
4: Yeah. Yeah, it was yeah, when you was were pointing point yeah. how he'll- he makes it about himself, not about the team mm-hmm. being shitty. The yeah, sucking isn't the story. Bill,
6: <laughs> did, you, did you bet on uh, Robinson to score last night?
2: No, I fucking didn't. And I'm so mad, Harris. Like I've had so many um like goal and all sorts of uh props that either the next game or the next time they're in the exact same situation, the guy has scored. Like Eric Robinson, of course, didn't score in the game I bet on him next week against the Flyers scores. Like Eric Carlson's done it to me twice where I bet on him to score and he scored the next game. Uh Brent Burns just did it to me. I, I'm having I'm having the worst luck betting on hockey this
6: season. I'm so. Wait, frustrated. you didn't get Goudreau on Thursday? I did. I did get Goudreau. Okay. Okay. Good, because like that one was really obvious. Because as soon as that happened, it was like, yeah. That's, I had
2: Goudreau and Robinson in that game, and I got Goudreau obviously, but Robinson was like plus four fifty or something, and of course he scores the next time we play him.
6: Um, and here's just a, a hockey question for all of you. What's the one move, whether trade, draft, or whatever, that you think that if the Flyers do this differently, that they win the Cup at some point?
3: Briz uh. Brizgolov. If they didn't, if they didn't bring in Bruzgalov, I think that they. Like, so
6: keep Bobrovsky.
3: Yeah, keep Bob, keep Bob. Um, yeah, if if they hadn't just. Gone for Bobrovsky. When they did, the t- the entire last decade would look completely now, mine, different. And I think in a, in a good one.
2: mine is the same, and it's just it's run the 2011 team back.
4: Yes, like, just run that
2: team back. And if if it's really an untenable situation, if it's really just a group that can't get along if the drug problems or whatever the fuck is going on are just too much for everyone to handle then blow it up the next year but you had a team that until the last couple of weeks of the season was in the running for the president's trophy you had a goalie a rookie goalie who was killing it for you and the dude uh couldn't speak english And his girlfriend couldn't get a green card into the country. And here he is just stopping everything. And, of course, he ran out of gas. They asked him, hey, Bob, how many games have you ever played in a row in your career? And his answer was, Bob. His answer was Bob.
0: Just
2: just run it the fuck back. Try again. That team was so good. And you just gave up because uh, some guys had their feelings hurt.
4: Yeah, blowing up that team, I think, was a big mistake. Should not have done
6: do you think there's a um sort of a curse around the franchise for the broad street bullies era that for so long and it's become less of a fact now that they've tried to replicate and duplicate that so they've tried to and part part of it the rest of the league did as well but draft all these bigger tough guys instead of the skill guys like they drafted what um ian forbes and jason beckett ahead of brad richards and 98 shit like that is that so the franchise
3: yes my answer is yes and it's only because of the theory that kelly hinkle put out maybe two three months ago and i'm gonna let her say it again it's the curse of the bullies but it's the curse of the bullies as the looming specter in the heads of the front office.
2: It's the curse of, and I'll say this is someone who's married to the assistant program director at the radio station I work, out, work at now, but it's the curse of nepotism.
4: <laughs> it's, yeah, it's not a curse like a witch. It's just that, like, they had this success one time and have been chasing it for so long, but they won't, like... We shouldn't be chasing the 1975 Stanley Cup. That's the one we're still chasing. It doesn't make any sense. And so we're letting – yeah, go ahead. Even if you're chasing that, like
2: chase Bernie Perrant and Bobby Clark and Bill Barber and Reggie Leach. Chase the Hall of Famers on that team—the guys who actually won it for you. It was cool that Dave the Hammer Schultz was like a feared badass who you know wore a, a crazy war war helmet on the cover of a magazine. But he's not the reason they won the Stanley Cup. It was the all-time great players that you had playing
4: in front. Of. Yeah, and and those guys like the good players are the ones that can't seem to get out of their own way. Like it's so weird that Bob Clark doesn't seem to value finding Bob Clark and a hockey player. Like he only wants to find Dave Schultz's. I don't know. It's just, it's the whole organization is just very backwards looking and there's only one common denominator that's been there the whole time. So, I mean, I, I don't know what else you
6: well, it's almost like that Bobby Clark and some of the other people up there, they're old hockey guys and they still wish the game was super physical and it's really not. And there are very few guys that are both super skilled and super physical. Mm-hmm. So that they've gone after so many physical guys um, and not looked at just pure talent. And I think that's an aspect of it. I mean, they they've made other... Um, bad moves with the roster. But I think that's yeah, I, there, uh, a big
4: part of There's a ton of problems. And then you think about the fact that these guys have been gods in this city since 1975. No one ever tells them no. No one ever tells them that, the, that their idea is bad. No one ever tells them that they need to change the way they're thinking. Like, people just yes them, yes them, yes them. And, you know, so now we're at a point where, you know, Bob Clark thinks, I don't know, Drafting Jay O'Brien is a good idea. I don't know, like it's just like they they don't
6: <laughs> That's they, Hextall. That was Hextall.
4: Yeah, I know. i That was his last I'm, draft, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah it was. That was his Swan Song. Right, because York won.
2: was the first okay, yeah, 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 yeah.
4: Yeah. Yeah, I I don't know. We've talked about it a thousand times. It's it just seems very clear to me that until that entire generation of people and the people tied to them which includes everyone tied to Ed Snyder who I know that we're not allowed to say a bad word about but that whole situation like it just has to go in order for us to move into a new era it's like Bill says with Drew like we all loved Claude Drew we love Claude Drew we still do but it was time To move on. Yeah, like, they refused. it's time to move on from these old dudes. It's time. They refused to build around Claude
2: Giroux for 10 years when he was in his prime and one of the best players in hockey. I would love to have him finish his career here. I wish he was – the only team he ever played for was the Flyers, and he got to break every record, even if it took him till he was 50 years old. But, like, it's over. You didn't do it when it mattered, so now we need to move on. Like, that's, that's just the way it is. It's a shame. Uh, it's it's not fair to Drew or the fans, but life ain't
6: um and I think Bill, I think we talked about this a little bit um months ago, is that there's an expectation not only in Philadelphia and surrounding areas, but in the entire hockey world that the Flyers have to be a certain way because they were a certain way in the seventies and eighties. So like there are like smart hockey men, even like American Friedman on their podcast who say, well, he, this guy's a flyer, or he's not a flyer. So then there are even people in draft circles who are smart people who said, well, the Flyers should just draft Lawson Krause in 2015 because he fits the Flyers mold or something. So it's this expectation from even smart people outside of Philadelphia who expect the Flyers to be a certain way. And it's affected the people at the top so much that oh, we have to be a certain way. Whereas younger teams without the history, like Tampa just said, we have to do it this way because that's how the the game is moving.
4: Well, and the the thing is, like, I I feel like the people in charge of the Flyers hear someone say that, and they think it's a positive thing. But like, Merrick was you're saying exactly over right. The summer, you're like, they're
2: like, oh, he yeah, isn't like, a flyer. No, like yeah,
4: like. Merrick did a show where he was like, Oh, the Flyers are definitely gonna get DeLoree. That's such a Flyers move. And like that wasn't a compliment. Like he wasn't saying that in a positive way. But it is in fact a Flyers move. It wasn't at all surprising that they did it, and that's why we can't win a fucking hockey game. Because a Flyers thing to do is sign stupid Nick Delorie to thing. a four-year deal with no move. Like it 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 doesn't it's stupid. And everyone in the league knows what we're gonna do. And you know, that's why our idiot GM can't get a trade done because everyone knows we're fucking stupid. And and the priority is is wonky. So it's like until all these people are gone, I don't know how you fix any of it.
6: Well, and like this is not a perfect franchise. They've done so many bad things, including just recently. But the Boston Bruins have identified and they've made so they've fucked up a lot, but they've identified we still need to get talent but once we get that talent then we can fit it into our Boston Bruins mold and you have skill guys like Pasternak playing a sort of a Boston Bruins way with all of his skill and I think that's what the Flyers are trying to do with connecting some other people and Tortorella is helping but Boston has been like yeah we have a style and we have a way that people want us to play but we also have to look at other things too and combine that Instead of just oh, we just have to play like Cam Neely did, even though those guys don't really exist. So I would um,
4: love someone yeah. to come into that front office and say, "I don't give a fuck what people think. We are supposed to be. Yeah, like, we're going to build a winning hockey team. That's the <laughs> that's what." We're- and thanks a lot, Harris.
2: Really appreciate you jumping in tonight. Uh, appreciate all of your contributions on the post game and everything. Uh, every I hope to hear from you on Thursday after this Bruins game. But you're you're right, Kelly. Like, you know what? You know what the fans will accept. If this team doesn't throw a single hit but wins 70% of its games, like the fans will accept that. They will not. They, oh, man, but we're not fighting enough. Like no, yeah, no, your building will be sold out. Your jerseys will be selling if the team's just
4: good. That's all we want. We just want good. And there was a time when good also meant Physical, because yeah. Yeah. every team was clogging up the neutral zone and there was no other way to get through than beating the shit out of each other. But that's physical, not how we're doing it anymore. Physical has changed
2: so much with the game because the game is so fast now. Like, to be physical now means winning battles, getting it in the... Like, yeah, you have to throw a hit now and then, but if you're chasing hits like Erasmus Ristolainen, you're out of the play. 'Cause the game is so fast. You can't take yourself out of the play like that. The the definition of physical has changed, and I don't think the front office has realized that. Yeah.
4: They don't understand what hard to play against means in twenty twenty two. Not at all. It's, it's they really, don't it's really funny. But John
3: that. Tortorella does. He
2: does, I hope.
3: I mean he said it.
2: Oh, yeah, he uh, definitely. He,
3: yeah, he he
2: absolutely does. You're right, Steph.
3: He said it to us. He did. That was it, a cool it, interview.
2: It was awesome. It was. It's one of the highlights. Honestly, I, I don't yeah. like looking at like the most recent stuff because it's like recency bias. But me and you getting to talk to John Tortorella was fucking awesome.
3: It was really cool. And then like the interview ended and we kept talking. That yeah, was he's cool. He's like your pal. Yeah, we're friends. He wanted nothing we're, to
2: do with me. He knew exactly that's who I was. True. He he knew exactly who I was. He was like, Oh, this is the this is that guy. Uh but <laughs> it, but this is that person in this town. Like I there's one in every town, you're him. Uh but but this Steph girl, she's pretty cool. She's she wants to help save these horses. I was gonna say he was like, Wait, in the
4: fucking face. We don't want to actually talk about hockey. Can Steph and I simply talk about horses for the next hour. <laughs>
3: and, and and we did
4: <laughs> whatever he had next if that interview
2: was only about horses and dogs he would have done three hours with us like we're yeah. coming up on what uh and we're in an hour 50 on this he would have done this with us if it was about dogs and horses
3: yeah absolutely and and I do plan on doing that with him at some point um when he's not you know coaching a failing hockey team Um, I will say it's very cool.
2: It it, it was very cool. And it was cool to see you relate to him like that. Um, So we're, it took an hour 50 almost, uh, but we finally just turned on the team and started talking about all the shit we talk about on every show uh, because we can't, we can't possibly help ourselves. We just can't not. Uh, But I will say this was a ton of fun tonight. And, uh, these 300 episodes have been awesome. Everything we've done in between has been awesome. Um, I'm, this was incredibly self-indulgent of us to even think people would show up to a a live show and like, hey, say nice stuff about us. But just talk about like, it's not about us. People said awesome things about us, and I am so blown away at the the response yeah. from everyone. It, it means so much. Uh, but it's not about just like the three of us and Charlie or the show itself, but everyone talking about what the community has meant has been uh, really cool. Just everyone feels like they're a part of it. And I want that to continue for however long we do this show, which my plan is until they win or the sun burns out.
3: Right. And that's pretty much it. And, and just to, like give you guys way too much information about myself. Like I had a full nervous breakdown two weeks ago. And the only way that I've been able to crawl out of it is remembering that I love this community and that I love hockey. Like if you listen to today's podcast, the one that we did earlier today, the number 300, you will hear at some point you will hear a a distinct change in my voice as I get more comfortable um, because I was I was a nervous wreck in the beginning because I thought that I was going to let everybody down. Like I've just been going through it. I know we've all talked about it on this show, but the the like you guys literally are pulling me out of it right now. Actively, the the fact that we can all come together and just bullshit like this for two hours on a what is it Wednesday? I don't know what day it's the weekend is. Wednesday night. Yeah.
4: It's Wednesday.
3: It's it's trash night. It's Wednesday. Um, go. like it it just. When I say that it means so much to me, I don't want you to take that lightly. It means so much to me, and I like this is my thank you to you. Like this is this this show. Bill says says it was self indulgent. Maybe it was, but I want I want to leave it as like oh, our love letter in the to you best guys. possible Which, way. Charlie did not. It, which Charlie did not sign. I want you
4: all to remember yeah, that this love letter doesn't was not love you.
3: signed by Charlie O'Connor. He doesn't
4: <laughs> love you. Only we love you.
2: Charlie's out, drinking bourbon, getting hand jobs, and he doesn't give a fuck.
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I really do hope he listens to this. I can't wait. I Rutabaga. Can't wait.
2: <laughs> Rutabaga. All right. Uh, does anyone have anything else? Or are we gonna are we good to wrap
4: here? I'm good. We're good. This is great. All right. Thanks, everyone. Well, uh, thanks Thank you so much. Thank thanks, you so much.
2: Thanks to everyone who has made these, uh, these 300 episodes of just BSH Radio, not to mention all the post games and all the other shit, uh, just possible and made this a, a viable uh, thing for all of us to kind of, to kind of grow, in, grow up doing. You know, from yeah, I'll tell you, I was fresh out of college when Steph and I first started doing podcasts together, and now I'm, I'm in my Jesus Christ mid thirties. I don't like the sound of that. Uh, no, you thirty-something. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm married. I own a home. Uh, like my career's going fairly well. Like for for us to be able to have done this and still be doing it, uh, just means the absolute world to me. So thanks to everyone who's made that possible, and that's. Everyone listening to the sound of my voice right now, you have played a part in us getting to uh, 300 episodes, and I was glad we were able to celebrate that tonight with some of our listeners. Uh, So yeah, thanks so much for hanging out, and thanks for calling in, everybody. And hey, if you haven't already, you got to subscribe to Broad Street Hockey. (laughs) Search Broad Street Hockey wherever there are podcasts, and boom, content, motherfucker. Uh, Yeah, that's it. You know the whole spiel, because I've done this like 300 times now. Uh, My name is Bill Matz for step driver for kelly hinkle and even old-fashioned himself charlie o'connor have a great week everybody are you ready to talk about